I mean, we're trying. Uh, uh, like we were talking a little, little bit earlier, our uh, setup isn't permanent. Yeah. Uh, just because we're still trying to use this uh, studio until we move over to the ne- new spot, which is going to be hopefully better. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely have something set up. It's hard because every time we do something, it's either like we'll do like a Zoom call, so we have to set up everything else different, or like this is the first time we. So if you're seeing the video right now of us, it's because it worked. Yeah. <laughs> everything went smoothly. So everything went smoothly. Yeah. We're hoping uh, oh. it. Behind the scenes, it looks it looks a little it's a little yeah, bit a little, of a chaos back here. Hectic, yeah. But anyways, this episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Uh, here's that facial cream that I use all the time, and they recently <clears> sent us some deodorants. The reason they're sending us different products too, as well, is because uh, most people when they hear Dollar Shave Club, they mainly think um, hair care, skin care, or not hair care, uh, just razors and things like that. But they have hair care, skin care, you name it. Uh, they also sent me some hair paste, but I use it. I love this stuff. It makes my face. I mean, I use other so stuff good. also on my face, but as a moisturizer, I use this. And uh, they recently sent us some deodorants. They sent that one. Then they sent the other one. You know how there's like two different deodorants. Mm. Uh, so we got those. So make sure you guys check them out. It's a sub- subscription-based box that you can like throw in whatever you want. And it's cool because it's monthly and they send it to you monthly. Yeah. You can put some things on pause. And so. then uh, we were talking about the other day that you can, uh, I know a lot of stores carry like Walgreens. If you just want to try out, they have like that little yeah, box. To if start. you don't want to sign up, yeah. you can you can buy the the little uh, travel. It's like whatever. It, it, it's like a starter pack. It's depending because like yeah. they have a lot of other options. But there's like a razor and then there's like shaving cream and stuff. If you just want to try them out, that's a really good option. So you don't have to sign up. Um, and then also, this episode is brought to you by uh, Chunky Chicanos. Oh, that's... The, we, we actually watched the minting process the other day. So yep. if you guys don't know about NFTs, it's something you guys shouldn't really get into. Uh, yeah. It's some, it's it's the future, crypto, NFTs, you name it. If you're not into it, uh, I mean, it, a lot of people didn't like the internet too before. Yeah. But now, you know, they, they say the same thing about NFTs. But yeah. trust me, NFTs are a big thing. I have a few. Uh, I know John has a few as well too. And then, you know, we partnered up with Chunky Chicanos and they're looking really nice yeah and it's just the minting process that's where the issues are going on uh but as soon as they nail those down it's going to be good to go they're gonna be a nice price range as well yeah and then um affordable like said, affordable yep. yeah so i mean i've been wanting to do this episode for a while i know we we scheduled this several times and you know of schedules don't line up things happen life happens we understand but finally we were able to sit down uh with eduardo from the studio right yeah um yep. And so, I mean, we're going to get into it. Like, I had questions like the, about the name, about you, and, of course, people tuning in. Mm-hmm. They want to know a little bit more about you. So, uh, you know, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Finally to be here. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, we'll just get into it. I want people to get to know you and, like, where you're from. So, are you originally from Idaho? Um, I was born in Mexico, but I was raised here in Idaho, eastern Idaho. Okay. So, how long were you in Mexico for? I was only there for, like, a year and a half. Okay. So, you were so, just basically born. And mm-hmm. then, was that difficult, though? Like, it, No. I mean... You don't know any different in your year and a half. Who remembers that, right? Yeah. So yeah, they put you in a luggage and then right? just like, and then just said, "Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because I would say uh, it would be a little bit harder um, with a with a baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because uh, 
every time I hear, luckily I was, uh, I was born here. So I didn't have to go through, uh, some of the things that some people have to go through, you know, mm-hmm. to cross the border. Uh, so I don't know how, how it is. And I, I do know some people crossed with their kids and I'm, I'm sure that's a, you know, Depends. walking in the desert. And- we're, I actually, we were talking about this last night with my family and, um, like kind of like throwing back when everybody got here years ago and, uh, they're like, yeah, it was way easier back then, mm-hmm. um, to get here. Uh, it wasn't such a big of a hassle. And, um, I know like Jerry's family from Guatemala and they were talking about how big of a hassle it was to cross two borders to get here. Like I didn't, I never thought about that, but there's actually like an immigration process that goes in Mexico too, that mm-hmm. they will, they will pull you off the bus and they will like ask you questions. If not, they will throw you back to your country Dang. in Mexico, which is crazy. Cause and they're, they're much more cruel in Mexico. Yeah. There's not. Oh yeah. 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 It, it's not like, it's like on the wrist. Just go out. No, yeah. they, a lot of them get sent to prison and things like that. Yeah. For, yeah. It's cruel for people and, trying to other Latin American countries trying to cross mm-hmm. to get here. that have yeah. to go through Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad. Which, and then, no. well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it's crazy. Cause I didn't even know that. And I like, Oh, all my family's from there. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. would never imagine. And it's funny. Cause just the way they were explaining it. And that was years ago. Imagine now that like, it's probably harder. I, I, rem- I, I don't know if your parents ever used it towards you. Uh, uh, they would be like, you don't know what we went through to get here. Like, but when you're a kid, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like you're here. You're you here. Know? Yeah. But then now when you get older, you, 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 you appreciate it a lot, a lot more because you hear other people's stories yeah. that actually went through. Like, I know we had a uh, Belinda on the podcast and how she lost her husband, you know, trying to cross mm-hmm. the border, which is very sad. And it still hurts her to this day Yeah, because it just broke up the family. So, they brought you over. Did they bring you to Idaho? Yeah, we came straight to Idaho. Yeah, my dad, had, they had already lived here in the past. Mm-hmm. And so then they decided to go to Mexico. And then um, I was born there. And then they were like, no, let's go back. It's it's much better living. Okay, so they moved back or they moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. They had you. And then oh, I thought maybe it was like a vacation. They went and no. all of a sudden you <laughs> – would that be considered – like um no they just they you know they were living here and they, things were great but they missed Mexico I mean mm-hmm. it's it's not this well, isn't their country what and part are they they from Jalisco we're oh, from Jalisco, Jalisco. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah that's where we're from that's sorry John that's okay. yeah so we and not a lot of people actually mm-hmm. around here <clears throat> yeah there's, there's a lot yeah I, I come to realize because they're like oh uh somebody will be like I know your dad mm-hmm. uh, dude okay. everybody knows your family <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay like I don't know you but like yeah. what's up uh so you're here right uh. So you grew up in just in Idaho Falls? No, I grew up in Mud Lake. Mud oh, Lake, out of all places. Yeah. How big was that during like when you were growing up? It was super small. I remember, um, like grade school. I mean, our classes combined were an average of like I don't know, probably thirty. Dang. An average of thirty combined. So it was or thirty to forty. So it was like you know fifteen to twenty kids per class. Mm-hmm. Growing up, and I remember growing up until probably around the. Th- third grade maybe fourth mm. i was like one of three latinos in my grade did you ever get any type of like hate racism no actually no um growing up i mean you're living in you're one you're in idaho mm-hmm. two you're you know the country no but you you know you do know you're different you do know that you are not white you do know you are not lds yeah and so i mean that's alone it can get tricky through trying to navigate through that but no, not actual like racism or hate or anything like that directly. No. Yeah. I don't think people realize that um, when we talk about like you instantly feel different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, like growing up because uh, I mean, you know, kids, they have no filter, especially when they're super young. 
so like when you're in like uh, kindergarten or uh, first grade, I, like I, I've said it on the podcast before, you know, it sucks that my mom had to tell me this right before I started school. I, I remember it, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, Hey, you might like some people might treat you different just because mm-hmm. of the way you look in, in your head. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a regular <clears throat> kid, you know? Uh, uh, and I didn't, um, you know, I said it before, but what I mean is like, I didn't really see, cause I, I remember there's like a, a Chinese kid that lived down the street, you know, and there was a, uh, I had uh, friends who were white and things like that. And I've never felt different until I went to school. Yeah. Then instantly I was like, Dude, I am different. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you're Mexican. I'm like, what? And like, yeah, yeah, I am, you know, like, and, and they made it seem because I was also the same. There was very little Hispanics in, yeah. in my grade, too. I remember for me, one of the things that I remember, and it, I didn't think of it then, but now I think about it, it was like, you know, they'd be like, oh, so who does your dad work for? Oh. It was never like, oh, what do you do? What, is your, what are your parents? It was, who do they work for? Like, they were never on the same scale level of being like, oh, yeah, so like, you guys live out there, so do you have a farm? No, it was who do they work for? Cause you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And now I see it now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, you do realize those things, you know, mm-hmm. automatically too. Like, Oh, you're not LDS, you know? So you can't basically hang out with us. You can't do the same things we do and things like that. Yeah. So that's where I'm saying is like, that's where you realize like, Oh, I am different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the skin color is an obvious one, you yeah. know, but even before school you do realize, you know, you're going to the bank, you're going to the grocery store and you're like, Oh, I'm like, one brown kid out of all these kids, you know, <laughs> but, and, and I'm talking again, like I'm, tw- I'm 32 years old. So yeah. we're talking nineties. You know yeah. what I mean? The Latin community here wasn't that big. Yeah. It wasn't. Now it's a, it's a lot it's, bigger. It's big. And now it's, it's great. Now mm. you see diversity, but back then it, there was not that much. Diversity. Lake is uh, opposite now. I feel more Hispanics. Yeah, yeah definitely. I went to Ryrie and also <clears throat> I was probably like, I want to say there's like three or four Hispanics in the whole school. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I was lucky that same thing. I didn't have like no. The, the first time though was like, "Oh, are you Mexican?" And I was like, "That I didn't know what to respond because I was like the only only kid." And I remember like this, I'll never forget it. I was like in third grade, and my teacher, uh, my English teacher, is like, "No, he's Latino." And and they're like, "Oh, okay." I didn't know what to say. Like, that's probably my biggest regret uh, in school or in life is like I wasn't like proud because I felt weird. Like I felt like the only one. Like I, was, like, I wasn't even like, "Oh yeah, Mexican." Blah blah. blah. Now it's different. Like once I like, I'm like hell yeah, but before it's like I'm the only kid in this class. Like yeah. I, I definitely feel weird um, when they ask me that, and I'm like, uh, and I don't know what to say. Like I couldn't stand up for myself and be like, yeah, because I felt weird. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I don't, I don't never forget that teacher. That's like, no, he's Latino, and it kind of like got me out of that situation because I don't know what I would have done. Probably just froze. Yeah, but, it reminds me of the. So when we were growing up, like you said, uh, back in the 90s and then into early 2000s when we were in high school, because uh, I'm 33, you're 32, so we're like right there. Uh, and for the first time, like a kid transferred over from Atlanta, right? And then all of a sudden, like he showed up on sign-up day and it was like the biggest spectacle because he was black. Mm-hmm. We had absolutely no black kids in our school. And so everybody was like, did you see the black kid? Did you see the black? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, like everyone was like, like if you breathe want, different, want, like wanted to go and like talk to him. And like, and so imagine how he felt. And then he saw us. So he came over and he's like, dude, what's up with everybody? And I'm like, dude, they've never seen a black person before. Yeah. And uh, he could have been from Oaxaca. Dude. <laughs> no, he, some dark cousins. No, dude. he was from Atlanta and he, uh, uh, he instantly, like things like that make yeah. you feel like you're different. Like yeah. you're, they don't realize like, well, I'm a person of color too. Yeah. So just like, like, 
yeah, it's just like one of those things that you're like, are you really realizing what you're saying to someone that's brown? <laughs> like, have you, I'm not kind of like tying to that, like, um, have you guys seen that lately in like high schools? Things are going on. Oh. Like, like white kids. Especially or like, Thunder Ridge. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to call you guys out, but like, you know. Call them out. I'm calling them yeah. out because they've had a lot of uh, posts pop up of like, just like racism. Messed up. Like, like very messed- tone deaf. Like, it's stupid. It's stupid that we're yeah. still like, that's still happening, you know, and the ignorance. And I like, I'm sorry if you're listening and you want, <laughs> and you're, and you are like protecting and or giving them an excuse. That's bullshit. I'm yeah. sorry, but like, there should be no reason for that kind of shit to happen anymore. In the, sorry. Can I swear? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You <laughs> let loose. Like those moments. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like they try to do it in the sense to be cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's messed up. Like, I understand that we're at the age of anything you say, people will take offense. Um, but, but it's almost cool to be offensive yeah. for yeah. some kids. Yeah. I should say. And, and it's most people make it seem like it's okay too. like, it's okay to say that, you know, cause mm. you're speaking your mind. And, and like, for example, I remember that video that, um, that someone showed us at Thunder and the girls in the locker room. Um, and I can't remember exactly what she said, but she was like uh, saying some racist ass shit. I feel like the person recording it is as guilty as the person um, oh, yeah. saying it. Cause she's there. They're laughing. I'm like anyone who's in there. Yeah. And it's not standing up and saying something, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's just not okay. And I mean, for like, I remember this was like, this was normal for us, but um, I went to Hillcrest for high school and there's probably like 10 Hispanics in like our grade. So we were a little more and we always hung out together. Um, but we would go to the tech school in Bonneville and well, the tech was known as like only like um, country kids and like, I don't want to call them rednecks, but like rednecks. Um, and I remember this was when like Trump was trying to go and they would like sit in the back of the little messed up Toyotas in the back and start yelling at us like, oh, Trump 20. Oh, I can't remember what, they were, what year was it, but I think it was 2020 and some shit. And then we would like, like, okay, we know what you're trying to do. We find it funny because they're all like freshmen and stuff. They don't know what. And so we would pull up to them and they're like, oh, just like kind of stop, like be quiet and like trying to like get out of the situation. But I'm like, that for us wasn't as hard, but just because I feel like we've all been through something like that. Yeah. But when it's, it's like a different. Yeah, it's, it's always us. happening. Yeah, it's always happening. It's kind of messed up, and I don't know. Now social media blows everything up, and everybody can see everything. Like now we're in like a time that everybody has eyes on everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you mess up or you do something like that, and there's a camera usually around you. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I mean, I mean, I'm glad he brought up like the whole social media thing because that was a question I had for you. It actually reminded yeah. me since you're growing up, and I mean, we went through the whole phase of uh, no social media, yep. and then all of a sudden we got like uh, dial up, and then we had MySpace. <laughs> a lot of people don't remember yeah, MySpace. I mean, I was never part it, of MySpace. It was uh, the controversy of who your top. What was it? Top if, six. Whatever, because they, they they allowed you to change it. But if you would take who somebody you off, picked and who was first and yeah. second and oof. <laughs> but if you took dang. someone off, that was like was this kind of like a Snapchat used to have like your top was it top three best friends? I, you could see I thought it. it still does it. Does it not do that? No, no, you can't see it. Like if I would Only go I and I would hold it. on, I can't remember if you click on your profile and it would show you like boom, boom, boom. That's how a lot of people got caught. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're shady people. <laughs> Them shady people. I, I wish I would have gone through my safe space. Like to be honest, like, no, that dude. was cool because uh, it, it, it's cool because we went through we went through the beginning, the beginning. So that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how were you like in during? Because it, it was mainly like middle school. We didn't really mm-hmm. have. We had like MySpace a little bit. Like, how were you like? Uh, um, take us back to middle school, Eduardo. So middle school, Eduardo was a closeted 
confused kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've always known I was gay, but obviously, you grow up in one mud lake, a small <laughs> little, you know, farm town. Two, I'm Latino. So, in our, unfortunately, in our culture, it's still very, like, hard to come out steel to this day, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, it was, you know, and I, you, I was trying to just dive through school. You know, I'm going to I'm going to a school where let me just t- give you the number. In my high school, when I graduated, the student body number was like 200. Oh wow, dang! Whole student body, yeah, in the high school. So you're trying to navigate through a very small amount of people, people that you can't relate to. I never met a gay person. I never like in. We're talking again the 90s and 2000s. Like mm-hmm. even on TV, it was still a controversial thing. Mm-hmm. So like that alone, that is a big part of my growing upbringing mm-hmm. um but no like growing up you know like once myspace came you know you kind of were like it was kind of like a, a place where you could before i should say before was a place you could kind of show who you were you'd get to put the kind of colors you <laughs> liked you got to yeah. pick the music you liked you got you know so if you really want to dissect someone and be like okay like who is this person let me look mm-hmm. through their myspace you could figure out who they were you yeah. know, I mean, most people got a clue from me. You know, I got a little bit of Britney Spears and Thalia <laughs> going through mine. Um, but it was actually pretty. I think social media used to be fun. If I'm 100% honest with you right now, social media me da una hueva. Mm-hmm. Now, because of my job, honestly, mm-hmm. it's a, and, and you're going to get it. It's yeah. a oh, constant, yeah. it's a job now. You know, most people get to scroll through social media and it's something to lose their time in entertainment for people that work in social media and have to. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. No, you're fine. For someone who has to actually make a business out of it, you are consistently having to think and think and what think. To pose and it's and not a it's not a loser. No. When I go when I want to like not have to think, it's the TV for me. Mm. But no, but yeah, growing up was pretty pretty different times. Um I also I even remember when Facebook first came around. I was super excited for Facebook because it was something different, it was mm-hmm. very different. And I was in high school. I remember it was yeah. right at the end of high school going into college when Facebook came out too. And that was kind of, kind of exciting because it was different from MySpace because MySpace was dying. Yeah, it, it really was. MySpace it, was like big, and then all of a sudden it died. I think they were because <clears throat> they were letting you do way too much with it, and it got to the point where you didn't want to go into people's profiles because it, it took forever to load. Yeah, uh, because they had like, a they lot had, going oh, that's on. Right, it had too much going on, so it was like, <laughs> it, it, you know, we have. It's lower internet, so people were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to this person's profile." They have like 14 songs, like, and they're all going to load, you know. Yeah. And Facebook was easy because it was. And I remember people were upset with Facebook because you couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. like you couldn't like alternate anything. Like it was like you could put a picture, you could write something, and that was it. Yeah, there was no music backgrounds, and to this day, it still is. Yeah, yeah, I think simple is a lot better just because it's uh, you don't have to worry. And, and it turned, I mean, we'll get into that later. It turned into likes, like how many likes are you getting? Mm-hmm. You know, how many followers do you have? And that like, didn't matter before. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. Uh, and until I remember they put the the profile view counter on your, uh, on MySpace. Oh, yeah. I remember that they put that on there. And then uh, I remember I was talking to this girl. She's like, yeah, I got like 10,000 views. I was like, so, <laughs> you know, like, what is it? <laughs> yeah. What is, what does that got to do with it? Like yeah. you famous now or what? Like, you know, and, yeah. um, I feel like when they started adding things like that, like the like button, mm-hmm. how many views you're getting, uh, how many followers you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we we were just arguing about who was on your top ten, top six, whatever. I can't remember what it was, and and if you remove somebody, trust me, because I removed somebody off the top, t- and oh, it was it was, it was like uh, that's what I'm telling you. If you had like three best friends, how did you pick who was one? Two, oh yeah, and, three. and that was another thing because like, oh, why is he first? Yep, I remember that. I remember that. And Dang. if you got that with them, you were like. 
boom, bump you down. That's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, you gonna take me off the top? Boom, move that was the, that was the drama back then. Yeah, you <laughs> know, walk all mad at school. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but, or it was like, did you see who changed her top three? You know, like, did you see who he put on his? Yeah. So was it, was it like Instagram then that you would just post pictures, you post quotes and stuff like that, or? No picture. Or what I, was the purpose of MySpace I, I, I besides that? I remember exactly. It was to connect with people. It was definitely to that. Was there a feed? But I think a feed. Like when someone posted or, something. Why something would you visit up? someone? I can't remember. It's been so long. Yeah. I don't remember. Because I just remember going into people's profiles and seeing what they had uh-huh. there. But I don't remember if there was like a, a feed that but popped up. But the interesting thing, I think we would spend more time on our own personal, like editing it for <laughs> no one to look at because it was only ourselves. Of, like, um, excited. You know what I mean? This yeah. is me. This, this is, is me. Yeah. But never would I take the time to go through everyone's and be like, wow, look at all this stuff that they have going on. I yeah. never did. Yeah. I, I, didn't. I, I know I didn't either. And But you were like curious yours to like. You, I remember I had like a play, like these That's songs thing. had to it be like, like, it was like, it was authentic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of CDs I still have. <laughs> so I, I asked because, um, I saw this, uh, interview with, uh, Pauly D and he said that he got recruited from the cast of Jersey Shore because of MySpace. So like, I was like, what was he doing? Cause you- there were, I remember too, there were, when there group groups or yeah. like, uh, chat rooms. I think and you so. could join, if I remember right. Mm. And so I think that that's also how you got seen because you'd be like, well, who's this? You go into their profile and you're mm. like, oh, this person's, you know, good looking or interesting, mm. whatever. Um, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, it's been it's so long. Been so freaking long. When you sit, sit here and actually think about it, you're like, that, that's, why, that's so, why I was like, was there a feed? They, like, I don't remember if there was a feed. I don't know. If Do they close feed. it off? Like, shut so, it No, completely. it's still like this. So, so nice. everybody started moving when Facebook came out. They bought, Facebook and MySpace were the same company yeah. at the very beginning. And then Facebook came up and people just switched over. And then that's when, so like I would say us millennials were the ones that were running MySpace. Mm-hmm. Then like people that were older than us were like, well, what about for us? We didn't, they didn't like, so fake jumped onto Facebook. So then that's mm-hmm. why it's like super congested between, I would call it boomers and yeah. millennials because it was, that was our era when it mm-hmm. first came out. Then Instagram came along and then that's when. It's Everything. Just, yeah. I wish I could remember my password too. It's crazy because it's my all, MySpace. It's all owned by the same, well, technically the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Now it is. Well, they turned it into like a music thing now. I, I don't even MySpace know. MySpace did? Yeah. I don't, I, I think so. I thought you can still go into profiles. You can if you remember your password. But the thing is, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember the can password to, to that email. No. Oh. <laughs> That's the problem. There. But it was like one of your first emails. Like, it was like a, I can't remember. I, ha- I think I had like young E number mm-hmm. seven or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> What you laughing at? And then uh, uh, I can't remember the password because at the time you're like, no one's going to remember this. Yeah, I don't even remember it. Uh, so that's why if you do remember your login stuff, you can get still get in. Yeah, I got into it like five or seven years ago, I remember. And I was like, oh my, some of the pictures. It was the pictures for me. I was that's like, why I wanted I wanted the pictures. I wanted to go back and get the pictures. Because can you not look up your account? Like, uh, It's not the same. You if, can't look and up. If you're, and if it's private, I think. You could also have to private. It um you won't you can't go through the picture. Oh, it's like on Facebook when someone's or yeah. even Instagram you can't look at it. Dang, I, I need to make it. I always wanted my. It's space, too late now. Like you're, was, you're 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 bring it back. You're gonna be by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So like you're you get through middle school. Did, did you go to high school in Mudlake? Yep, I went to West Jefferson High School, home of the Panthers. Home of the Panthers. So were you still going through the same issues in uh, in high school? Um, or were you a little bit more open about it? I was me. I definitely was me, and it was not a no. It wasn't a. a what do you call it? Like, um, it wasn't a hidden thing for people to assume I was gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a few, you know, like, oh, you're gay, you know, and 
things like that. Um, but it was definitely something known, um, but never, I guess, talked about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one ever made me feel comfortable to be like, just be you, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. People were friendly to me. I would say that I had good friends. I never had best friends. Mm-hmm. So don't get offended to those of you listening. You tell <laughs> yeah, your this is worse than the MySpace <laughs> thing. But I say that because I know, you know most, most people that have a secret this big will at least once in their lifetime before they come out will tell someone. Someone will know. Mm-hmm. Not one person that I actually tell until I actually came out. Not one. Even though I was – you was clear as day for mm-hmm. people to really assume for me to be, you know, just stereotype me. But, uh, yeah, I never told a single soul. Would you lie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Did I you, had a few people ask me, like, are you okay? And I'd be like, no. Did you ever – because I know some people uh, would get, like, girlfriends just to make it seem um, like it was uh, it, just for that front. Yeah, I never did. I never did. Um, I tried a little bit to, like, date, but it was hard for me. Cause, and then again, you know, girls were smart, and so they were like, Dude, come on. You know? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are some girls that are not that smart. <laughs> and no I thought you really loved me <laughs> um, years ago. Yeah. And it was just, it was, you know, I was very heavily in high school and, and me. I was very involved in like uh, after school activities like clubs and student body and things like that. Like that was totally me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was heavily involved in that. So I, I really was still living my true self. But when it came to like, Dating and all of that kind of stuff that didn't come until after I left high school. So, I mean, w- most of us kind of have a plan. Like when when we're in high school, saying no, like, no, no, let's have a plan. We do. And <laughs> I then mean, it switches like, off the like, wrong way. <laughs> I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to college and do this. This is what I want to do. What did you want to do right after high school? So I so I used to do photography a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I actually started in my junior year. Like I took like half the senior senior pictures. Uh, that oh, my junior year and then my senior year I took like half of my own class of senior pictures <laughs> and did their invitations and all that and so that was my plan um I you know I didn't um I went to college for a year and realized college was not for me and also you didn't need for a photography degree to do it you know but we're talking again back in the day you know yeah. counselors back then would push you like there was nothing beyond the world other than college yeah there was nothing else you could do everything else you were going to fail you know so, of course, you know, because I actually did – I did have an interest in doing hair. And I was so discouraged from doing anything besides going to a traditional college that I just put on the back burner. So I worked hard my senior year. I actually went to school full on full scholarships oh, wow. my whole – my first year. Um, and then I got – you know, I got there and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah, it's it's a way different. At least when I went, it was a whole different world in, yeah, from high I, school to college. Yeah, I, I like to ask that question because – I mean, when you ask that to a lot of people and you get different answers because like you, you said you thought you were going to do photography, but you, right now your business is something mm-hmm. not even like photography was, uh, and that happens to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. that way, like if you're listening to this and you make a decision, don't, don't be afraid to oh, yeah. be a mistake. You know, like the, the worst thing you could do is not do anything at all. It's, it's, it's an experience of life. I think mm-hmm. that you need to go through that. Like I I don't regret one thing of my life, even the bad, even the ugly. I don't regret it because it's a life experience and mm. I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't done that. I yeah. actually know that if I would have gone to school at such an early age, I probably would have quit doing hair because I would, because I was too focused in my early 20s in discovering me and dating. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to give you guys an example I tell people. So, you guys, if you know, people that are heterosexuals, they get to experience dating and all that very early. 
13, 14, right? Well, nowadays it's like 10. But like, <laughs> but back in our day, it was like, you know, 13, 14, you start dating, you go through all that, right? So by the time you hit your 20s, you've dated quite a bit. Like as a little kid, yes, but you still have. Yeah. Me, I didn't date my first person until I was 19 years old. Oh, wow. So you have to realize like that part of my life didn't start till later in life. So I was more focused on figuring that out and being me and like, you know, Clubbing, I'm going to be honest with you, because like, good you know, you'd go to, I, I used to go to Las Pulgas, you know, and I'd have fun with girlfriends, but you know, part of the, part of the reason sometimes you want to go out is to meet people and to date, you know, and that never was something for me. Mm-hmm. So one, I remember the first time walking into a gay club and I was like, este es mi mero mole. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, well, this is where I'm from. Where was that at? Boise. In Boise? Mm-hmm. And did you go by yourself? No, nope, I went with um, my, one of my best friends from college. Okay. Um, she and I, yeah, we went together and we spent a long weekends going. I would go to Boise a lot from here. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the club because I felt free there. I felt like, you know, that was a place I could call home because there was more people like me. There was more. And not just day, but just like I could see how free and happy people were. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, go to a gay bar one day and you're going to see what it truly means to be yourself because – you know, you go to these heterosexual bars and everyone's on their game, like trying not to show their, you know. <laughs> oh, it's it's kind of, so uh, my fiance's, they're not family, but he came from, came out of the country to come and visit for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, he also, we took him to Clyde's and uh, you could tell he was a little uncomfortable at the beginning. And he's like, just not being, and then he saw, he saw a few, few other guys and then he's like, kind of like kicked off with them. And then at the end of the night, he disappeared. I'm like, where the hell did he go? Like, he doesn't know where we're at. And he came back. He's like, I made friends, like, blah, blah, blah. And he just felt comfortable. And at the end of the night, everybody everybody was like that, too. Um, that you could tell that they were just holding themselves back and because they didn't know who else uh, was, like, accepting. And I don't know. It was just, it was a weird. Yeah. Like, it was weird for me because I was like, it kind of like, well, not even weird. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. It was kind of like, it was Everybody was weirded out at the beginning because nobody wanted to be, like, free. And then at the end, everybody was having a good time. And like, that's all of us. And honestly, yeah. it's the truth. We go anywhere and, you know, we we are kind of holding ourselves yeah. back because we don't want to be judged. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. And I remember that, you know, at that young age, I would go into the gay club and I was like, oh, my gosh, these people are, like, don't give two yeah. about anything. Yeah. Like, they're just being them. And, and it was very freeing. And so that, for me, was, like, awesome. So yeah. going back to that, that's why I'm saying it's, like, I was a late bloomer. So had I gone to school so early on, I wouldn't have been focused. I wouldn't have been focused on yeah. a business. On a, I wouldn't have cared because I was too busy trying to focus on like, I want to find love. I want to like date. Mm-hmm. I want to this because I never got the chance to in grade school, in high school, and even in college. It, it's funny. I was dating this girl and uh, we ended up going to California once. And she wanted to go – Her, she was mainly from California and her all her friends were out over there and she had a lot of gay friends in there. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, she's like, do you want to go to the gay club? I was like – Cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm like, I don't care. some people yeah. would have been like, no, I'm not going there. They're going to judge me. I was like, all right, cool. Let's go. And like, I went and like, I had fun. Everybody was like super cool. Nobody was like sitting there. Like once you, they know like you're with her, like you're oh, there yeah. just There's, having respect. It, it's not, it's not a big deal. It's nothing. Like everyone's having fun. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. to like all her friends. One of the best clubs ever, you know, like, and we were like, I was dancing with her and, yeah. and I, <clears throat> people, people have like a bad stigma of like. If you go, you're going to get... It's honestly what it is. It's homophobia. It's <laughs> it's homophobia of like, 
they think that we're just going to jump every straight guy there is. And it's like, if you only knew what we actually say, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that guy's ugly as fuck. <laughs> exactly. like, like, I'll be honest, sometimes we're, we're crueler than women. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're like, no, you don't pass the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it is, it is, a, it is, I think personally, it's just homophobia from people that they just aren't open enough. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's, I don't know, it's just it's stupid that it still is in this day of age, like still that it's still a thing, you know? Mm. So do, did you, I mean, when did you, officially like come out and say that you were. um i officially came out it was june of 2009 so i was nine i was about to turn 19 i was 18 and were you was it just more of like i'm when people ask i'm gonna tell them or? um so how it happened was i went to college right so i graduated high school went to college met friends and then i started seeing like, you have to realize, I grew up in Mud Lake. I was so sheltered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we'd come to Edward Falls, but I came to Edward Falls to go grocery shopping once in a while to Las Pulgas. Like, I, I hadn't lived life. Mm-hmm. And I go to college, and then I start going out, and I start seeing, like, you know, happily out gay people. And I was like, they're living their best life. Like, you know, what am I doing, you know? I had my first gay sexual experience in college, and that's when I was like, okay, this is definitely who I am. Mm-hmm. And then just got TMI there, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> and then I moved back home and I found myself really unhappy. Mm-hmm. I came back home from college. I was super unhappy. And I was like, and I was, um, it was one night. It was just a random summer night. I was, my sister-in-law was in town and we were sitting out on like a front porch. And I just like, I broke down. I just started bawling. And I was just like, I just can't. And I'm like, and I told her, I'm like, I'm gay. And she's like, I know. And she just <laughs> hugged me and she's like, it's Okay. And so, you know, that was just such a powerful moment for me because it was like just to say the words for once to someone. and it, You know what I mean? It was like crazy. I never said it to myself. I never mm. said I'm gay to myself. I knew I was, but I never said it. And then um, I ended up telling every single family member of my family only and my best friend from college. I never told anyone else. No one else. I didn't, I didn't owe it to anybody else to have to yeah. be like, hey, I'm gay or to anybody. Like that was it. After that – it just was kind of known. Then mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, if people ask, yes, I am. Um, but I never like announced it or like anything crazy like that. Like I just was like, this is who I am, you know? And then it was really, I really came out was once people started seeing me, uh, but when I started posting like club pictures mm-hmm. and I went through different like phases, again, trying to find myself. There's like a phase I tried wearing makeup and all this other stuff. And so there, you know, so it was like, Definitely something that was very talked about of like, oh, he did come out or he is, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? How'd your parents uh, take it? Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Um, they always knew. It. The interesting thing is I didn't even say it, but my parent, my mom specifically tried talking to me about this. Uh, Before? Oh, yeah. Many times. And I would never let her talk to me about it. I would always refuse. I'd walk away because I didn't want to talk about it. It was, it's a scary thing to, because the reality was, was, okay, so I say it and what? Like, I can't live that kind of lifestyle and stuck in Mud Lake, you know? I, mm-hmm. I knew going to the school I went to, like, if I did come out, like, I was terrified that I was going to get my ass kicked. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a scary, scary thing. And unfortunately, I think to this day, that still is a thing out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's like in all small communities. Small communities, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And it makes me sad because there's so many kids out there that don't feel that support. And especially in our culture. Like, Were, were you afraid the whole time that maybe like your family members didn't accept that. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I was afraid that they wouldn't accept it. Um, I was afraid that, um, 
the, the school part of it too. Like it was, it was a combination of everything, you know, mm-hmm. you're just scared. Cause it's, it's this big, and again, we're talking nineties, you know, yeah. it's a big thing. Like I'm not, I don't, there is people coming out and there is that, but they aren't, at that time, they weren't being seen as like heroes or being seen as like it was just a controversy. Mm-hmm. Like when Ricky Martin came out, it yeah. wasn't a good for him. He, you know, like like good for like you know standing up. No, it was a controversy. Guess who came out? Yeah, and, yeah, I remember they, that. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was just a controversy. It was never anything like like good for him. We're proud of him. Yeah, there were people that were, mm-hmm. but the media made it. Yeah, a the frenzy. headlines was not. It was not a positive thing. Yeah. So what does that do to somebody who's you know twelve years old? I can never come out. Like, yeah. look how they're like eating him alive. You know what I mean? Or they also experience, uh, which also I had a question about that. They'll experience like seeing somebody else who, you know, is openly gay. Something happened to them, mm-hmm. you know, just because uh, I, I, I've seen the videos all the time where uh, someone gets beat up just because either they could be fat, they could be gay, they could be just whatever. They just get beat, bullied. Who they are, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever run into some of these issues like along the way, and how you know, did you handle those? I I would say I did maybe twice in my life. Well, the first time it was in high school. There was there there was a stupid thing in high school where the kids would two people wanted to like fight box, and they we'd go to like these like fairgrounds, and everybody would just watch like the dumbest thing. And so I there, was involved in, in those fights. Well, well, I thought they were dumb. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, it, I mean, we were and, dumb kids. You know, they wanted, and so one kid wanted to do that with me. And everyone expected me just to be like, okay. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going. Like, no. And they're like, no, you have to. And, like, he, he says you have to. And I was like, no. Like, why, why would I do that? Like, why am I going to submit myself to something that I'm not going to do? And I was proud of myself for standing my ground. Yeah. You know? And I didn't know. It was just because he thought I was gay. He wanted to beat me up. And so, you know, everyone went to the fairgrounds at lunch hour. I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't. I stayed in the school. I was like, Fuck, I'm not going to go get my ass kicked. Like, yeah. why? You know? And then the last second time was exactly what you said. It was we were going into the Shilohs with some girlfriends. We were going into the Shiloh, and there were some, you know, some macho hueritos walking out of the walking out of the Shiloh. And I definitely was dressed very feminine at that moment. At that time, I was, again, I was trying to figure out who I was. Mm-hmm. And... Once we we crossed, and as we were walking away, they started yelling slurs like "fucking queer" and this and that. And my girlfriends immediately like became blionas, like they were just yelling back. I froze. I did not know. I've never experienced that, mm-hmm. so I didn't know what to do. And they were like yelling slurs back at them. You know what I mean? Like no one ever stopped. They never came back because mm-hmm. obviously they were women. Um, but they kept walking off, and that and I remember like that freaked me out. And I remember after that, I also stopped dressing that way to the club. Mm-hmm. because I was like, no, I'm not putting myself through that. And it's such a, a proud moment. Um, like for me now in 2022, just recently, you know, I was in um, Dallas mm-hmm. and we went to this, to this club, you know, and I was just so proud to see how many like guys like were just happy to be themselves in heels with a purse. Like they're still dressed like a man, but they had heels on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, how crazy, like times have changed in yeah. literally about 10, 15 years. Yeah. You know, like I could genuinely say that my generation of gay people have helped pave that a little bit mm-hmm. to help them be able to go into a club without the, you know, there's always is going to be a fear of yeah. like assholes that are, you know, but for the most part, you know, they would have probably most of the people defending them. And yeah. the media too. And it has turned mm-hmm. that way too. Like you said, um, I, I remember Ricky Martin thing. It was kind of like, uh, and then especially when he had kids, um, 
that was big. Like that oh. was big. Like like he's gonna abuse them, this and that. You know, mm, like all these crazy things. And it's like, like, but now it's it's. I don't want to like. It's more normalized. You know, like everything in general is more normalized. I, you don't like you said. It's like you can see a lot more of that acceptance. Not, you see more acceptance ex- ex- yeah, now, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I want to get to a place where I don't have to say it's an acceptance. I want to say it's just normal. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, if you see a person like that, like mm-hmm. you don't think like, Oh, good for them for being, no, it's just like, okay, they're here. You know what I mean? What What is your, what is your stand on? Like someone that's very young and cause you hear stories about that a lot. Like, Oh, and, he, and not just that. Unfortunately, like when they're too afraid to come out on, like they what would I say? You mean? Did you did it help you wait until you were older? No. Um, I think if you have and I and I actually have had these conversations with many clients mm-hmm. who have asked me for advice because their children have either said and or or they feel could be gay. Mm-hmm. And my best advice is let them be who they are. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't have to push anything. You don't have to push to do you like boys or no, you don't need yeah. to do that. They will figure that out. That's none of your business either. Mm-hmm. Like but let them be who they are because, especially in, like, in machista culture, you know, things like that, yeah. that is what pushes us down. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is what, like, degrades us down to on a keep hiding and keep hiding. Mm-hmm. If I can honestly pinpoint, and I actually did this about a year ago, I pinpointed because someone close to me um, came out. Mm-hmm. And so, and she's really young, and she was 11, and I was like... I didn't, how do you know when you're 11? Yeah. yeah. And then it hit me. I was like, okay, let me think when I, and this is a funny story. I thought of the first moment I can think of as early as possible of how I knew. And I thought back to the novela Mariela del Barrio. Talia. Do you remember her? <laughs> yeah. Right? I, yeah. Okay. There's an actor's name is Fernando Colunga. I remember being a kid and having the biggest crush on him. And so I looked at that when that movie aired in the States around the same time, mm-hmm. it was 96, 97. That means I was six or seven years old. Oh, wow. But you, if you really think back that far, yeah, you're not having sexual like thoughts, but you definitely already have those thoughts of like, I'm attracted yeah, the to the other sex mm-hmm. or the same sex. Mm-hmm. That's how early. I also thought back to grade school. I'm like, I remember in the second grade having crushes on boys. Obviously, it was hidden. Yeah. yeah. But I remember that that early. So I was like, no, it's not crazy for an 11-year-old to come out in a sense, because I remember having these thoughts way younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my thing is, is if your kid asks you to buy them pink shorts, buy them pink shorts. If a little girl wants you to buy her something that we, you know, me, we as a society say it's for a boy, let her have it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why are we pushing so hard for people to have to be who they are? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and it's not for everyone to understand. You know what I mean? I don't understand a person who is bi. You know, because I'm not attracted to women at all. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what it's like to be attracted to a woman and to be attracted to a man. So I will never judge and or talk about it because that's not me. I mm-hmm. don't, I will never understand it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will never understand a person who is transgender because I, you know, I, I feel confident who I am and who I'm going to be. I don't know. I don't, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 No. And, and I'm glad you talk about that. And hopefully, you know, there's, parents who who listen to this and obviously have kids just because it, it, it's true like especially in the hispanic community if you if you grab a doll like when you're playing as a kid right away it's like put that down that's for girls mm-hmm. you know and you're like oh shit so like the more you do this to the child 
the more they're going to hold in, like, especially that, if they have feelings that like that. That starts trauma that yeah. early. That's trauma from such an early age. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even in like, even when it comes to, like, I've learned this recently, <clears throat> even in skin, even in our culture, in our skin color, you know what I mean? Like, like, tu estás bien prieto. It becomes a complex. Yeah. That once you're getting older, I remember growing up being like, I don't want to be in the sun because I don't want to get too dark. Do you remember? Do you remember back yes. in the day, like we would all because we were who were we around? A bunch of white kids, so we yeah. always felt inferior because mm-hmm. our skin would get dark, especially in the summer. Exactly, we'd come <laughs> back and we'd be all like super dark, even from darker. Yeah, and then, yeah, and so it, and so you know, we need to stop doing. We think it's funny, or we think it's like you know, just we're messing around. But when you're doing it to a mind that is developing and barely like growing, you're actually really is causing some damage. Yeah, and and it makes sense for the, especially like these kids who grow up. And like I said, we, they get told like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't wear that. But so they just start holding everything in. And then eventually you hear like these kids, uh, they end up committing suicide just because they're holding all this stuff in. They don't know what to do with it because they if, don't feel acceptance from it, their own family. So if they don't feel like, who, who can I go who to? Who can I go to? And they get tired of just like going through that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear this kid committed suicide. Just, you know, it's so sad. Like how common right now it is. Mm-hmm. How common kids trying to commit suicide and you know for that or different reasons just because they feel they're not being accepted you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's like if you don't like it you don't accept it just shut the hell up yeah don't have to speak about it you don't have to address it like just remove yourself and that's it go live your own life you know what i mean you mm-hmm. have no reason to butt into it you know yeah. what i mean that's how i feel about it so i mean i'm, I'm glad you we you know, touching on that topic just because, you know, there is a lot of people who, you know, have questions and are mm-hmm. maybe going through the similar situation. But I mean, you're doing a lot of big things right now. And I, I want to get into that. So about what age did you decide to go like to, to hair school? Hair school. So I, I call myself a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was 26. Mm-hmm. I was 26 when I went to hair school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in Arizona um, in Phoenix specifically. And I kept bouncing from job to job. You know, I had done really good job through the workforce of like just working and doing great and excelling and everything. But I'd hit points to where I honestly got bored. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's it. That's as far as I get. Yeah. You know, I want to like, I'll never own this company. So that's, mm-hmm. I'm going to be capped out at some point. And, um, and, you know, and so then I knew I didn't want to go back to school. Like I already, and especially, you know, after that many years, like can you imagine how hard that would be like to try to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was living in Arizona. I got a job at a hair school. I already worked here at Austin Cade doing uh, marketing and I had done their tours. Okay. So I already had done that. I went and got a job in Arizona doing the same thing, but I did it for a really shitty school. <laughs> and I remember, and I cannot sell something if I don't believe in it. And uh-huh. I couldn't sell the school. So then I started, you know, trying to look for a different job. And so I got a, I got a, a interview at Paul Mitchell and the school of Phoenix. And holy cow, that is a beautiful school. It's like, imagine a school on like the river and all one side of it is all windows. Oh, and wow. so as you're working on like clients or your dolls, you're literally watching the river. Have like, a, like an amazing view. Like view. And I just was, and it was just a beautiful school alone. I was just was like, and you could see the passion you could see. And I was like, I don't want to be the one touring, like trying to sell them on this dream. I want to be the one doing it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So um, because I worked for the school, they were very gracious to me. And they, um, Tyler and Allison, they gave me a scholarship to be able to go to school and not have to pay as much. So I moved back home and I went to school. And I remember I told myself, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this. This isn't like a, hopefully this works out for me. No, mm-hmm. like, yo me puse las pilas. I came home and I sacrificed like a couple of years of like anything. Like I went to school full time and worked full time. Like I was... That was my life, you know, yeah. and it took me about a year to graduate a little under a year. Cause I just, I would stay really late for school. I would, I was at school at eight in the morning and I'd leave at like 10, 11 at night oh, dang. between yeah. school and work. Cause I worked for the school still. So mm-hmm. I was doing both. And then I, um, yeah, so I was, I was 26. Yeah. And I'm glad you touched on all those things because, uh, one thing that I like to do w- with the podcast is I like to bring light into what you go through in order to get to where you're at. Cause they'll see you with your own studio now and, uh, or hair salon, I meant, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll think it was easy. It was like just one day you decided to, Hey, yeah. I'm going to do this today, you know? And it just like that, mm-hmm. uh, they don't take into account the, the years of sacrifice you had to make in order to, to learn the, the trade, you know, yeah. and, and just get better because even now I'm sure you're still getting better. Like mm-hmm. still learning, still you never stop learning. Yeah. Exactly, and and it's people that are like, oh, like I know everything. Like I'm good. No, that's when you, that's when you cap out. That's when uh, you, that's your cap out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, there's always things to learn. Always like, uh, uh, especially with all the different hairs, all the uh, different products that come out. Because uh, uh, I mean, I know some hairstylists, and they tell me like, oh, this does this, but if you have this type of hair, you have to use this. And I'm like, dang, it's like. The knowledge is endless when it comes to, you know, the world of hairstyle, of yeah. hairstyling and barbering and cosmetology, barbering, everything in general, aesthetics. Like, it is a massive world, you know, and I'm going to jump off the subject for two seconds. It's just kind of like with, like, what happened just recently, which we're not going to get into a very lengthy thing because I think it's annoying, the Will Smith thing. Mm-hmm. Like, with <laughs> the alopecia. Like, what yeah. what Jada has, alopecia, you know, that mm-hmm. I get why that is such a sensitive subject. A lot of people are like, you know, exagero. No, you don't know until either a man will, or anybody will know if you are balding. But man, alopecia, when you were losing chunks of your hair in certain areas, that is hard. As a woman. As a woman. In Just a society where you are you are a woman because a part of it is your hair. Like I I can't come um I'm oh, sorry, I kinda I just my my thought, but <laughs> uh tell me if I'm wrong. Um even even when women decide like they have long hair then they chop it off. It the, is society's kind of like, uh, what's Why is going it so on? short? Yeah, but not even yeah. Society and themselves. I, I actually, if a woman comes into me and they want to cut their hair off if their hair is long, I have to analyze their behavior and everything before I actually commit to cutting it, because I have seen what it does to their self esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, if a woman comes in, she's like, so I've been thinking, and that's one trigger word. For, oh, I, they probably shouldn't be saying these things because they're going to come in and know my tricks. Yeah. But if they're like, I've been thinking I was about cutting it, immediately that's a no for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that means you didn't think long enough. Yeah. Because hair doesn't grow in a month. Yeah, you takes, know what I mean? It takes years. Yeah, because I, I started growing my hair back in October because I'm trying to go from the <laughs> Jason Momoa look. But, <laughs> but it's, 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 right? it's, a, it's process. a process. Yeah. And yeah. so imagine for a woman. When they go and chop their hair off, like whether it's a pixie or a bob, yeah. and their hair's up almost, you know, to their back. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a process. If a woman walks in and she's got pictures ready to go and she's like, I can't wait. I want you to cut my hair. I'm like, you've thought about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what you want. You know what I mean? So, anyway, so, yeah. So, that the reason I brought that out was because 
it is a very sensitive thing that people don't think. And so we've learned so much. It's, mm-hmm. it is a lot of like, it's not just what we go in in school and learn on how to make it look pretty. It is also beyond that. You know, you yeah. are helping people with their self-esteem. You're helping people like sometimes like rebuild them. You know, they come into you broken, whether a situation happened and this is what they're looking forward to. This is what they can have control over that. They're like, let me change this. You know what I mean? Like, let me do something like this. Like mm-hmm. for some people, it's working out. It's transforming their body. They go through a breakup. What do they do? They hit the gym and they're like, let me transform. For some people, it's their hair. For some people, it's their skin. For some people, it's whatever, you know? Yeah. My dad used to buzz cut my hair and I hated haircuts. I used to get bowl cuts. Dude, I, you know, Hispanic oh. moms—they're like they're gonna. Listen, cut your we hair. went through the trauma of our. We we didn't have barbers. We didn't have fades. <laughs> I remember my dad's like, "Doy meter el uno and then the two on top." I'm like, I hate it. I'm like, "Why can't you leave it long?" He's like, "No, it doesn't look good." I'm like, and I hated getting haircuts. Like I hated. Like that was the worst thing ever right? for me was getting haircuts. And now, just a like, thought of it. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, uh, I also wanted to ask him since he brought it up. Uh, since it happened so recently, yeah. what, what did you? Did you agree with Will Smith? Or I did don't you? condone violence, number one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that was the right thing for him to do. Um, and, you know, we could sit and analyze the video forever. I think he could have handled it a very easy way. I also don't think it was a situation where he needed to jump up like that. Mm-hmm. I think if somebody would have swung at his wife, okay, defend your wife, right? Yeah. He made a joke. It was in poor taste. He could have then, when the cameras went off, been like, dude, that was not cool. Yeah. Like, you need to watch what you say. You know what I mean? He could have totally done that. That's my personal opinion. And I say that again because I get the sensitivity to it with Jada. Mm-hmm. But also, Jada's a powerful woman. Like, she, you know, like, and I'm not saying that she's, you know, Wonder Woman either, that she has no feelings. But at the end of the day, she's very powerful. So, Will's making her look a little weak sometimes. Yeah. In that sense. Because it's like you're supposed to be empowering and making these women feel strong. But yet you're letting your man jump up and knock someone out. I thought it was fake. Yeah. At, first it looks, at first it is. I was like, Until he starts yelling. Yeah. And then, then you see, you're like, oh, Ooh, okay. You're yeah, not, you're not kidding. He's Eduardo Yanis or yeah. other times. <laughs> yeah, because I, I – I, I, you know how when you see something uh, – when something starts trending, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember with the, the whole George Floyd thing, like you start seeing the name and you really don't pay attention. I kept seeing like Will Smith, Will Smith, and I'm like, oh, not paying attention to it. And then like Chris Rock gets punched by Will Smith. And I'm like, what? And I watched the video and you can kind of, it kind of feels like it's a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the very beginning of it. Yeah. Like he just slaps him and then like uh, he goes back because he smiles. You can you Will can see the smiles, smirk. and then Jada turns, and you, they you know the, she looks, and she's not happy. Yeah, they switch the camera, and then he must have looked at her and looked how unhappy she was, and then that's when he I think saw red. I don't know. Yeah, because he but he, he went up, <laughs> like he why? slapped him, and then when he turned around, you, he if you watch it closely, he even smirks like he's kind of like yeah. like he smiled or something. So that's why I'm like it was confusing. Is, yeah, this is a joke, and then Chris Rock didn't react to it. It was more of a joke I read, yeah. for him. And so you're like, oh, this is like a whole skit. Until but- he yells at him. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you're being serious. Yeah. He must have not like connected good because if not, he would have like. He didn't look to punch that. It looked just like a slap. Yeah, 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 a slap. Yeah. But I mean, if it would have like connected good. Because yeah. you can kind of see he kind of leaned and he kind of like, when he saw it, it was like, oh, he kind of swerved. There is a video yeah. going around and. They're shot again, you know, like we could go on for hours, but and there's a bit, there's a there, he's got his um, Chris Rock puts his hand in his face, oh, yeah, I saw that, but he holds himself, he yeah. doesn't do anything, he doesn't react. You're way taller than me. Um, and I also read something, and I don't know if it's like true or not, but 
the joke had more meaning to it than the hair uh, because G.I. Jane, supposedly the character, I don't know whoever played it, also like uh, cheated on her or man or something like that. I've never seen the movie. Um, I've never seen the movie. And so I, I don't know how true it is, but I read something about it that the joke was not about and the hair, but about the, the whole, situation. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh. But then it would have triggered Will Smith. Right. But he, it, it could have been one of those moments that just whew, over yeah. the head, you know? He, yeah. It's funny, but I don't think it was publicized only because look at everything he had to lose and he is losing. You started working at a, at a local salon, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So I worked for a salon first, um, for four years, mm-hmm. generation salon. I worked there for four years. I assisted the owner, um, for six months and then I jumped up on my own and then, you know, built a clientele. Um, and then my best friend, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany, my design, she and I, we decided, you know, it was with COVID too. Like things were just hard. Like, you know, we, people, we, you know, at, at the time people were, there was a lot of still unknown, the vaccines mm-hmm. and everything. So mm-hmm. we just felt it would be safer for us to move somewhere smaller to where, you know, our clients would feel safer. Yeah. Um, and it was just time. It was just time for a change. You know, everything. What, comes was that your seasons. goal? Like when you first got into, uh, because some people get used to just working for somebody. Yeah. Like, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, if that's... Which I wasn't working for mm-hmm. anybody. So, when you... So, the, what I was doing was booth renting. Okay. So, basically, I still was working. I mean, my own hours. I just had to pay booth rent. You know, we just shared everything that was a common area, which was, like, the shampoo bowls and the bathrooms. And we shared all those things. How does that work with, like, clients, though? Um, Since the place is already established, does it come with clients? No. No. You build your clientele. Oh. Um, And, like, for me... Building my clientele was one about eighty percent social media, and twenty yeah. percent was like word of mouth and things like that. Mm-hmm. But like eighty percent was social media, and especially Facebook for me at the beginning. Like, I think that's like a big booster now. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, sure. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Like, you have to be on social media in order to, if you have a business and you're not on social media and not taking advantage of those it's free uh, platforms. Yeah, yeah. and like. But it does become a job. Oh, it, it does, does become a job. And it becomes a job that's like, like I'm in a rut right now. Like if you go through my Instagram right now, you're like, why are you not, you know, active? But it's, I'm in a rut. I'm just like, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm so over having to like be on and do things. And I just wanted to live life for a minute. Um, but I know I need to get back on it. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, you're so, it can take a toll on you too. And like, just know that like, if you're starting a business, like it's fun and it's exciting and you need to do it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's powerful thing you can do mm-hmm. um to have all your platforms and be active and be yeah. you know showing coasting and showcasing a little bit of everything i will be honest like part of the reason i think my success comes with my social media isn't just my hair world it's my personal world mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy yeah um i didn't see that until i kind of disappeared for a minute and i had a lot of like are you alive are you okay <laughs> you know and i'm like yeah i'm here <laughs> you know and I mean, so you're working at Generation Salon, and then uh, you get together. You said with Tiffany. With Tiffany, yep. How was that? Like, w- were you nervous? Like, you're like, oh shit! Like, now I'm gonna um, start something on my own. Like, I wasn't. You know why? Because mm-hmm. in my industry, and you'll kind of get this. It's like you're going through it now. You're just moving from the studio to the next. Mm-hmm. You're just ch- changing where Locations, you do your yeah. work. Same for me. It was just changing where I do my work. Luckily for me, how I built my clientele, it's very different. So. Kind of funny. So, like, you know, Tiffany graduated school. I think she said she's going to kill me if I'm wrong. If I say this wrong, I think like 15 years ago. So she did hair very different times. Okay, mm-hmm. so for her, it was 
giving out cards, phone books, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people call, and then that time too, it was a lot of like, hey, does, can someone do my hair today? Calling salons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on over, right? Now we're in an era where who does your hair or let me look for a hairstylist on Instagram. Oh, my girl. All the time. Let me, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, let me, that's what we're at now. Now it's not a walk-in. There still are, but mm-hmm. now it's not a walk-in. And it's that salon was established and they didn't have a walk-in clientele. So when I went to work there, I had to work my ass off to find clients. Mm-hmm. And how did I do it? Through social media, through all that. So because I built my business as Style by Eduardo, not through generations, I was able to move all my clients. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was yeah. able – they all – it was – it wasn't like, oh, are they going to follow you? It was like, oh, now we're at this location, yeah, that's, which was awesome. That's you good know? that you say that because you talk about that. Um, you talk to me about that of creating something that doesn't link you with something. Like you yeah. said, you didn't yeah. you didn't put Eduardo a lot with it, you know, or mm-hmm. I, you know, you didn't, you worked there and. It was you, a great, it was an yeah. establishment that helped me have a place to create yep. my art, which mm-hmm. was awesome. But at the end of the day. People were coming for the artist, which was me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and that, that's what I was basically telling him. Like, you need to, because uh, he does a lot of video, mm-hmm. and I was like, you need to have like a name, like a brand, like brand yourself, brand yourself, and mm-hmm. that way, because like it's cool. Like he 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 helps me. This is this and that. I could be like, no, everything has to be with me. But I'm like, yeah. no, because uh, everybody like who follows me knows me for my stuff. I want people to follow you and know you for your stuff. Mm-hmm. That way, like you can go and do your own things. Like you don't have to be like. Uh, do we got a gig or anything like that? Right. You know, so something like I'm trying to help him build his 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 yeah. own like his name too, right? Uh, and and then there's a different. And then there's different people. You know, some yeah. people do like having a place where they get their clients, like a commission salon. They mm-hmm. like having to go there, and they don't have to have their name on the door. They don't have to have their name. At, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They can come in, look at a list, and say, "I have to do." You know, five you clients today, the and then they can go home, and that's awesome for them. You know what yeah. I mean? For me, that wasn't it. For me, I wanted to be able to have control of my work and my life and everything. And then it comes with discipline and balance, yeah. because I also know people who do have that control, and unfortunately, they're not as successful because they don't know how to balance it a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. So, when exactly did you open up the new studio? The studio we opened in November of twenty twenty. So it'll be two years. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit right after after the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Were were you nervous at all about that? Or uh, I was nervous in the sense, you know what I'm most nervous and still to this day, what I'm nervous about is the repercussions of COVID and everything that's happened. That's what I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. And and, and it's mostly what it is, is like if we go back to 2008, something like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Where like you know people have to cut back, and I and I will get it. You know what I mean, and that's what the scary part is, is because you're on your own, and you know mm-hmm. bills don't stop, <laughs> rent don't stop. You no. know, yeah. Um, that's what mostly makes me nervous, is because yeah, people will have to cut back, and and getting your hair done is a luxury for people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they come to me, it is a luxury, um, and that's probably for me what is the scary part of it. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, after COVID, yeah, it was scary because you just don't know what's happening. It's yeah. like. When everything's so weird. Everything's like, so weird now. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, we, we go back before the pandemic. Like everything that normal that we knew then is, oh. is non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah. We could probably come close, but it's not going to happen. It will never be the same. And it's yeah, it's interesting how much it's changing. You know, and it the thing is that for some of us who are already like a little bit older, for us it's been a, a change of like life and it's taken a toll on us like – to get used to what this new lifestyle is. But for some people, 
that were in between like stages of life, like from a teenager to an adult or from high school into college, mm-hmm. like this is their normal. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, this is what life is. You yeah. know what I mean? For us, we're like, no, this is not what life is. <laughs> so trust me, we don't want this anymore. <laughs> like we are trapped. Yeah, you know, but we got to we gotta take it as it is and do the best with it and, you know, not sit and sulk in it and cry about it and just go yeah, with you, it. You got to learn how to adapt. That, that's how you're going to get ahead in this world. Yep. Yeah, That's how you're going to thrive. You, you have to learn. If something changes, you have to learn how to change with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if uh, the way people do their hair, like if yeah. you don't learn the new way – you're gonna I'm fall behind. behind. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna fall behind. So like that goes in any industry. Like things always change. Always change. And so yeah. like if you not want to learn new techniques, adapt to to the new thing, you're gonna be left behind, and you're not gonna grow. And if you're comfortable doing that, you know, there's nothing wrong there's with that. Nothing you know, wrong there's nothing. There's nothing. Everyone has their own goals. Yeah. yeah. So say someone is get, looking to get into, you know, uh, also wants to be a stylist. Mm-hmm. What tips would you give them? Like. Help helping like build their clientele now and like uh, also what they need to do in order to become, you know, successful, successful have their own shop or if that's their goal. Um, the number one thing, if you're, if you're going to go to school in school or have just graduated or even already working is if there's no passion, it's just not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I've learned that 1000%. Um, make sure if you're not passionate, then you've got, then it's maybe this isn't for you, but if you are passionate, it's going to follow and it gets frustrating because yes, you know, you, the struggle of having to find clients at the very beginning is hard and it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to just be like, this is too hard. I'm just going to go back to a nine to five or I'm going to go back to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's just not giving up. I mean, I worked two to three jobs my first three years of doing hair. It wasn't like I just was doing hair and that was it. No, you know, I, Went to school and I worked two jobs. I graduated and so then I was an assistant. I was doing my own clients and then I was still working for the school, mm-hmm. right? And then I and then once I was an assisting, then it was just doing hair behind the chair and working for the school. And I did that for still two more years, so I had still two jobs, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so don't be scared to have to work a lot because listen, it, the thing is, is I think we're so used to in the society where we've worked. And that's it. That's all we have to do. And if we want a little part-time job, then that comes with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But we won't work as hard when it's our own business. Yeah. You know, we're too scared to, like, sacrifice so much of our life. You know what I mean? Like, I am, for the first time in five years that I've been doing hair, I'm going to finally take Saturdays off this summer. Oh, wow. I haven't done that for five years. You know, mm-hmm. every I've worked Saturdays my entire last five years of my career. But I'm finally to a point where I'm like, no, I want to enjoy this summer. You know, we're we have such short summers you know and yeah. i'm a very flexible person like so if you're listening i still will work late weekend or late um evenings early mornings like i'll get them in but i want to have the weekend off you know yeah. you gotta remember at the end of the day you're a, a person too that yeah. likes to and, and most people are it's <laughs> yeah. just it's i think again it comes back to what we're used to yeah we were used to what day do you get your hair done on the weekend mm. so people were always going towards that saturday appointment you mm-hmm. know but anyways but going back to that um the other thing too is social media and not just posting and not just being active. Unfortunately, you got to pay for it too sometimes. Mm-hmm. I paid for about two and a half, maybe three years of ads on Facebook and then a little bit on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy how I'm more popular now, I would say, like and active through Instagram now. But at the beginning of my career, it was all Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was hard to build on Instagram at the beginning. And it, mm-hmm. and like I, it was like, I mean, you had to like almost like, beg people to like want to like look at your stuff at the beginning Mm -hmm. but through facebook it was easier you know and so i'd post my work i'd promote it to get pushed through and that's how i built my my business through was through facebook a lot of people don't realize that it was like 
a, a major part of the beginning boost of my career. Mm-hmm. And then it follows, you know, for me, like a stylist, if you're already working, the biggest thing you need to do is make sure your clients actually do everything looks good. Because at the end of the day, they're your walking billboard. <laughs> I can't tell you the best feeling for me is when I get a new client and I say, so how'd you, you know, how'd you find me? It's great when they say, oh, I found you through Instagram or so-and-so told me about you. But when they say, oh, I saw a girl at Walmart and asked her who did her hair. Um, that is the best compliment for me. Because that means my work is speaking for itself mm-hmm. out on the streets. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And And I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad when people come on here so they can explain like, what they went through because everyone or most people think it's, it's easy. You know, if, if being an entrepreneur, like having your own business, isn't your thing. Cause it's not everybody's thing. Like no, I said all the time, it seems like it's harder. Yeah. Like it, it is harder. Yeah. And it's, and it's harder. Oh, it's a 24 seven job. It's not, it's not in a, all aspects of it. Like I just did my taxes. I wanted to crawl, <laughs> it's, crawl it's, in the bed and cry because it's like, seriously, dude, like yeah. you want me to be a business owner but man am i screwed over yeah. and being single and you know what i mean like it's yeah. kind of crazy those kind you of get things. punished for being single you, you get, get punished, punished for wanting like, to open up a business yeah. like it's kind of crazy it's um it's actually like uh i like to see that we're our generation is more like oh i don't want to work for someone i work for myself and you end up working a lot harder and they're like i, I think it makes us it makes like a good generation that's coming up yeah because I, I do hear it a lot. Now this generation that's coming up, they're like they're lazy, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that are like, like at least my parents didn't ever think about opening a business because they like to be run it, play it safe. They play it safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then are the younger generation who are like, I don't want to do the same thing my parents were doing. And I think it's a good step forward for yeah, all of yeah. us at least. Uh, just make everybody work harder, even though it's not easier in any shape, way shape or form. Yeah. Yeah, and but, like th- that's something that's common with everybody, and I like uh, to share people's stories like that because mm-hmm. you get to see like not just the journey of life you had to go through, but like in order to open your business before you even could open the business, what you had to go through. Mm-hmm. All th- people don't see all the late nights, all the like days behind that the you're, scenes. Behind the scenes, they yeah. don't see. They none get to of that. see the fun part and the after, you know, yeah. but they don't have to see, the, you know, the days that you're like, you get home and your feet are killing you, and you're like, <laughs> I just work twelve hours, and tomorrow I work twelve more. Yeah, you know what I mean, like it's, that, it's, and just like, especially when you have your own business too, like mm-hmm. going through the, like I mentioned earlier, it's a twenty four seven job. But you have to get on social media, you have to do this. Like eventually, hopefully, uh, um, most companies now are are realizing that they need to hire somebody just for social media just to respond comment reach out to people because all that networking gets you more clients and if that's where you're at congratulations because that's an awesome place to be yeah Yeah. (laughs) being at at that spot that's That's why i I always go because yes unfortunately i miss people's messages and stuff like that just because i'm busy doing something and then i'm like i forgot to get back to you and uh now i'm debating if i want to pay somebody to uh i know i need to like to you're probably like me you have, you have uh control issues <laughs> yeah yeah because no i always you want like, to be authentic yeah and, and i was like is someone really gonna care about this baby the as much as uh as much as i do unfortunately no yeah and like, it's hard no to one find because uh, you will find good people yeah who will be passionate like you yeah yeah and and that's why like it, it took me a while to find somebody that's why i'm glad i found john he's actually he loves doing podcasting yeah, you know he awesome. loves talking and getting to know people yeah. you know uh because this a lot of people see this and they'll think it's easy it's easy to talk to people it's easy to have a conversation yeah. uh but it's not no. it, it's hard uh i remember when i first started even like talking on a pod or a camera or anything like that it was 
I was nervous. I was. Uh, it's 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 a it's a different, very different world. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. But it's fun. I love it. Uh, but again, dude, we've already gone for like an hour. I know oh, we shit, can get in, <laughs> way more into it, but uh, let the let people know where they can follow you at. Awesome. So I'm on Instagram, uh, TikTok, <laughs> and, and Facebook. I'm like, wait, MySpace um, <laughs> under Styled by Eduardo E D U A R D O. Yeah, reach out to me. Um, I promise I'll I'll get I'll get out of this. The social media fun can get back to making tech. The people like my TikToks. I don't know why. TikTok I like to recreate things. I know, right? Um, you, but th- that's the thing. You have to be on everything for now. You and, do. And so th- that's what a conversation I was actually going to have with John today about TikTok uh, for the podcast. But uh-huh. you know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I've seen his work, you know, hi- yeah. amazing. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Hopefully later yeah. on. When I get my hair all long, maybe he can do something to it. Well, I'm told you. Troll vibes people think you I'm had. not. I'm show going me for that Jason Momoa look. No, I know, I'm you're, put I know what you're going for. I can see it right now. Yeah. Actually, I saw it in a picture the other day you posted, and I was like, oh, okay, I know where you're going. Now. No, no, because we're on camera, and right now, like, I take the hat <laughs> off, and it's going to You're going to get braids and everything done. No, I'm going to do something cool when, when it comes out, but yeah. I think the hardest part is the those uncomfortable. The out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you go through a phase where you can't do anything with it. It just, like, sticks out everywhere. I can't deal with the sideburns, and then I grow hair, like, on my neck. That's why I I get it cleaned up. I get it cleaned up. Yeah, I Uh, can't deal with that. And especially, I think it should be out by the time this podcast. No, uh, I can't talk about that yet. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) uh, I'll I'll talk about that in the next podcast. Uh, I'll tell you off camera. But, again, thank you for coming on. I appreciate appreciate it. it. Go follow him. He does amazing work. If you guys are in the southeast Idaho, uh, but if you want to pay him, he'll probably travel too. So, uh, you know, there's a... Lucky G, if you hear (laughs) it. (laughs) But, again, thank you for coming on. We enjoyed this podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks. And you guys listening, we'll catch you guys on the next one. See you guys. Say bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye